0: My credit score was 400 when I moved to Austin and I've done so much work that I'm I'm like afraid to take financial risks. Right. So when we think about pivoting and we're like, yeah, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid and blow it all up and be this full time creator. It's like, well, how am I going to pay rent? Like, and I have like money. okay? like I have worked very hard, like I can pay my rent. okay? but in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, like inflation and this and that, like. What if this happens and like, I can't, you know, there's this deep rooted of like where in my therapist has talked about this, that it's the same level of trauma as a child who experiences homelessness and hunger that I experience of like, where is my next dollar going to come from? And it's insane. Like I do about 53 K a quarter right now, like easy with my eyes closed, but it's like, how am I going to pay my groceries next week? I don't know.
1: Welcome to Creator Debates, where we have stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. My name is Justin Moore, your host and the founder of Creator Wizard. Today we're talking about whether you should trade time for money. You've seen the threads, you've seen the viral TikToks, you've seen the ads on YouTube promising endless riches. If you turn your knowledge into a course or a productized service... And while that sounds nice, it can be a pretty complicated path to actually earn predictable income from a business like that. So it got me thinking, is trading time for money really that bad? I decided to chat with my friend Sarah Loretta, who was struggling with that very question. Sarah's the founder of Systems Club, a full-service creative operations agency that offers fractional consulting services to help streamline and scale small teams. Put more succinctly on her LinkedIn headline, she's the girl you call when your business needs a beat down. So by the end of this episode, you'll learn the roadblocks that often prevent us from fully leveraging our expertise. Is it possible to trade time for money and make money while you sleep? And honestly, the only thing I really care about, can Sarah overcome this internal debate with herself? So let's get into it.
0: Hey guys, I am Sarah of Systems. I'm the founder, creator, and also certified Notion consultant. And I'm a part-time creator I am of service to my clients and my community, and I'm really on a mission to help creators and freelancers have access to business education without breaking the bank. It's really important to me that everyone has the same path to success, no matter what their budget looks like as they're getting started. And that's the biggest thing, honestly, that I struggle with is really trading my time for money because I am a person of service. I love helping people and and doing one-off, one-on-one work, but I also know that I don't have the capacity for everybody. And so I'm excited today to really honestly talk about what it looks like to expand my business in different ways and how to kind of still de- develop high quality, high value items without it being so push and pull on my side as a solopreneur.
1: Sweet. So has this been something that you've been debating internally for a while or like what, what is, why is this an issue for you right now? Is it just like, I'm curious why, why, why are we talking today? Basically?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think I have kind of a twofold problem, right? So the first is that, you know, being a certified notion consultant, there's only 54 of us in the world. I feel like I have, um, it's kind of weird to say, but like, I feel like there's a requirement. For me to continually create products under the Notion umbrella and provide templates and resources because I have that title, I guess alongside of that is I have been creating stuff. I've had this kind of template subscription I've on and off again sold for the last three years. That is why I'm a consultant. That kind of is what paved that way for me. But I just don't have the time to maintain items to, you know, when there's new features come out, like updating things. And then on the other side of that is I have been really struggling with creating high, I don't even call it high ticket, but like mid ticket offers that aren't just like a one-off little download, but really provide high value that are equal to what I do with my clients. And again, it comes back to I'm booked solid. I mean, you and I were talking recently, I have 13 active clients right now, which is wild. And so I don't even have the time to sit and develop something that could equate to people who don't necessarily have a budget to work with me. Um, and you know, alongside of that, like don't really need a payment plan to work with me. That's a Mm. huge shift that I've, I've decided that I'm making in my new year is that I'm not taking payment plans anymore, which cuts out a majority of my clientele. But so I need something to still support them. Right. Mm. Um, why kind of, um, because i think it goes back to being of service to people and and i again like my whole mission is making business education and resources affordable and accessible right and so i charge $4000 a month or about 10k a quarter which is a pretty penny especially if i don't payment plan it right and so if i'm looking at me 5 years ago when i started my business all that was available were these four or five figure coaching programs that you really I, I hate to say this that I'm a very cynical individual, but like half the people who are coaching shouldn't be coaching. They've never been educators. They don't really understand how to go below like the tip of the iceberg, right? Because they're afraid to be wrong or afraid to have to, I guess, do extra work. And I actually hired a business coach. I paid almost 20 grand for someone who ghosted me. And I couldn't get out of that, right? And no one I that I know that is in my community currently can afford to make a mistake like that. So if I can kind of give some extra resources, kind of help them and push them forward without them having to worry about paying rent or paying their car payment, like why not do that? You know. Um, so that's that's where I'm at, and I'm just over templates in general. Like I think I've ran my course with those, so it's like okay, what's the what's the next step? What's the next level of something I can develop? that is really high quality doesn't take me necessarily a whole lot of time, but that also gets me excited to update and make time to to really nourish and and continually improve and make better for people that are a part of it. All
1: right, we got a lot to unpack here. Um, first things first, this this notion, no pun intended, um, that you have to continue, being a notion consultant or doing that stuff because that's how you cut your teeth. I'll be Mm. full disclosure. That's how I got wrapped into your wizardry. Initially. That was the very first (laughs) project. That's the very first project I hired you on was creating some sophisticated notion templates and stuff like, so you have that capability. I think oftentimes in life and in business, we have this very delicate balance that we try to, um, you know try to figure out how to land where it's like okay everyone knows me for this one thing i'm really good at this one thing but it doesn't really bring me the fulfillment that it should moving forward and it's 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 hard to close to kill your darlings to some degree to close a chapter on a on a certain part of your life because there's anxiety that like if i close that chapter if i put a stake in the ground and say i'm no longer doing this notion stuff like there's a lot of anxiety around like okay, well, what if all this other new business that I've, yes, I've started to develop new income streams in other ways and new offers and stuff, but like, what if that, what if I, like something happens and I can't fall back on the notion stuff now because like I told everyone I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Um, (laughs) and, and so it's like, that's a, it's it's a very, very common thing. I mean, it's like, it's, um, you know, it's this whole idea of like, you know, when you fire your last freelancing client or, or offload them to someone else, um, you know oh wow you mean i can't go back to doing anything you know for for money and so the first question i have for you is it's a really important one which is that to what degree is this kind of figuring out the whole productized service thing a factor of like, well, this is what everyone says you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to like try to leverage your time and not, you know, make money while you sleep and like make money in ways that aren't so bespoke and customized, because then it's like, you could make your own, this is very meta for you, but like you can make your own SOPs and all this stuff for the SOP products that you're making and all that right. stuff, right? Um, right. right. But it's like, um, like I, 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 You know, this is a very pervasive thing in the Twitter sphere and people building in public and like, yeah, this is what the conventional wisdom, right? So, like, to what degree is your shift towards these new types of offers part of that or a a true legitimate desire for you not to do the work that you used to previously?
0: I think the shift. So for those who are listening slash watching that don't know, I have a productized agency I'm the first creative operations as an agency so I do I don't even do notion which is wild um I mean I do but it's like the last deliverable on the list honestly um so I get clients who you know don't want to onboard they don't want to do the they literally want to have the sales call and then do the deliverables and so I come in I onboard all their clients I read all of the feedback that they're getting to make sure that it's actually useful so my client can can tweak and do edits Um, I also have clients that I'm reworking their org chart and developing new roles for their team and it's crazy because I literally did this in my day job before I started freelancing but I didn't know that you could freelance and do it like I had no idea and so I just kind of did things that I did creatively on the side and I kick myself a lot because I feel like I took a lot of detours to get back to what I actually enjoy doing, which is data and processes and really like the bigger picture, right? Like I even I even help clients like launch their products, launch their courses. I do all the video editing. I upload to Thinkific. I do the strategy. And so Notion you know, is interesting because it's always like the last item. Uh, But people find me through Notion, which is interesting, but they book me for entirely different things. Um, And so for me, even like when I was doing mainly Notion, right, which was last year on it more or less, it was the strategy behind what you're doing. And Notion was just a supporting tool to get there. So for instance, like with you, right, and the sponsorship tracker, it just happens to live in Notion, but you have a whole framework and methodology. It doesn't matter what tool you're using to teach it, right? Mm. Um, and so that's really like the shift that I've seen is I think, you know, even though I have the title of certified Notion consultant, um, people come to me more for the leadership and not really like, oh, build me this dashboard, you know? Um, it's how can we really streamline so we can provide more values, so we can scale so we can hire a better team um so yeah so that I hope that answers your question it does Um, Yeah, like I don't even like do no
1: shit (laughs) okay so because we're friends and I know a little bit of context behind these struggles that you're having I need to challenge you on something because challenge
0: me I love it
1: because Sarah you talk a big game Okay, You talk a big game about the service and the impact that you want to have, and I think it's fantastic. I mean, you, you come from a place of real empathy, and I love it, but I think the anxiety that you have around getting there logistically from an operational bandwidth perspective, there's no way that you're ever going to have the impact that you want to have doing this all yourself, there's literally no possible way you can do it. And so I know. I feel like it's as much about you like treading water right here, like trying to mm-hmm. feel like, man, I want to have all this impact. But I've got 13 clients and they're all paying me pretty good money. But it's like, yeah. I can't. I'm working in the business on on the business. So, like, how can I possibly ever do this? And so we have to talk about personnel like that. Like to me, this is the most obvious, like elephant in the room we're not talking about it why on earth do you feel as though you can't because I know this about you don't have anyone else you're doing it all like what 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 is the PTSD from your past of hiring or past experience or whatever that is preventing you from like the like I I say obvious but like the obvious (laughs) to me the obvious thing would be like I need help like let me find someone train them help them with some of the lower leverage stuff that I can you know that I don't have to be like uploading stuff to think epic or you I remember you took my sales pages from Thinkific, (laughs) ported them all over. I remember you texted me. You were like, oh, man, I I couldn't figure out how to do this automatically. So I'm just drinking wine and watching Friday Night Lights and doing this. It's going to take me six hours, but I'm going to do it myself. I literally remember this text. I read it to my wife. I was like, Sarah is insane. Like, this is what the heck is she doing? And so so like, why are you doing that?
0: So. For those also watching and listening, Justin and I hung out at VidSummit, and he already gave <laughs> me this talk, so we're just recording it now. Uh, but honestly, like, so after Vid Summit this weekend, I've really sat and thought a lot about this, too, and I actually fired three clients yesterday, which broke my heart, um, but I—and— they did nothing. Wait a minute.
1: This is what yeah. a conversation with me. This is what happens after you have a conversation. Yeah, wow. I didn't know I had that I much was power. Like, I, don't want
0: Justin- I was like, <laughs> Justin can't be disappointed in me anymore. Okay. No. Um, so honestly, no. So I have, I had, okay. So I have half of my clients who are not on my productized model. They kind of came in before I launched that God, it's only been like, I think three months, three or four months since I went productized And so I had agreed to a lot of projects beforehand. Um, And me being the yes person that I am, I know this is a safe space. um, I very much said yes to a few projects that were way under what I normally charge. Um, And I agreed to payment plans when I knew like, "Mm, shouldn't have done that. But if that helps the person get to where they are, I'm cool. As long as the stuff's paid. I personally, like, I don't care. I bring in enough a month that like, a payment plan doesn't bother me however i have fallen in a really bad habit that because i am now productized i only look at my stripe account i rarely look at fresh books anymore mm. which is a very bad habit i've picked up and i realized that three of my clients were like two three months behind on their payment plans and it was like struggle to get them to get what i needed from them and the projects just kept like dragging on dragging on and so all last week I was like man I have to let them go like I just know like I don't have the energy I'm done with the project in my mind like I've done what I agreed to and so I emailed them and two of them I gave them full refunds back and I'm like hey like go take this money take it to someone who can finish this project out for you like no hard feelings so sorry basically they were fine they were like totally totally understand Um, and the biggest thing was like you're not paying me like just go right exactly <laughs> you know? right right um, right so i definitely like i've i sat with myself and i and i made some hard rules i'm no longer doing payment plans um which means that all of my projects are 4k or higher one month flat um i'm also prioritizing quarterly clients over monthly clients mm-hmm. um i also one of the clients i fired i've had a lot of issues with the when the fact that like it's like well what am i paying for every month and it's like bro look at your roadmap like You literally can see week to week what I've accomplished for you. Like I don't know how else I can hold your hand. Um, Mm. So those I have lots of changes. I also have four clients that are offboarding like literally tomorrow. So Mm. I am down to like five, Um, which is really nice. Um, But how do you feel about that?
1: Like how does your mind? Oh god, I feel feel really good.
0: No, I Mm -hmm. feel really good. I I have held on a lot of guilt because. And this goes back to like trading time for money, right? And like being a people pleaser. But I I I'm not a quitter, right? And so if I agree to something, and this answers your question about hiring people, I promise. Um, is that if I agree to doing your project, I do everything in my power to finish it. Like it really I rarely let clients go. This is like the first time this year that I've let anybody go, regardless of like if we like each other or not. Um and This year, I feel like it was dead, dead, dead. And then all of a sudden I blew up and Mm. everybody and their sister was hiring me. And because and I feel like a lot of you listening probably have gone through dry spells as creators or freelancers, whatever title you use, that you're like you you fall back into this mindset of like, oh, my God, I have to make money. Right. Because like you've been saving, you've been doing good, but it's really slow. And so for me going into this transition of being productized and knowing, you know, I want to release some new things that we can talk about. Um, but you know, like I I was just like, let me just say yes. Let me just like get this money racked back up because I was paying somebody three K a month and was mm. getting nothing in return. And I that person was on my team for over a year. And mm. it was the worst, I think, position I should have hired for. I think I hired the wrong role not the person but i didn't need that role on my team and so i have been for the last six months honestly straight working in reactionary mode like because things are just piling on and piling on i don't have time to go and hire someone and then be like do you know thinkific like i need you to like figure this out when i could just get it done right because i have i've had so much piled on that it's like you know, I had a month to do a project that all of a sudden it's due in three days. I don't have time to offload it to somebody. That's not fair to them, you know? And so I've had really poor planning because of how everything, I mean, honestly, like my productized stuff, I had four clients on board in a 10-day window, like mm. was not expecting it. So like I took down the ability to auto book me, like that is not a thing anymore. Uh, I learned my lesson. They are great clients, um, but I'll never do that again. So mm. that, my my next place is that i really want to hire a va that i Mm -hmm. trust and i that is literally a carbon copy of me like i need somebody that i can trust to just respond to an email and put it on the to-do list like i don't need to like have to look at what you're responding or how you're responding like you just need to do it and go do it and go because that's how i work um and i haven't in the past i i say this with love but the people i've brought on my team there's this element of oh my god it's sarah like i it's like i'm put on this weird pedestal for some reason and once they get over like that i'm a real person and i'm not just this youtube person and i have all these accolades then it's like oh the like does potential equal profit right and it shouldn't take me 90 days to figure that out about somebody um so that's like and i know that that sounds really messed up and it's mean but i think like i've been in business too long to I don't want to be working with interns, you know, like I need somebody who has the experience and I don't need to wait to see it show up.
1: Two things here. Um, Thank you for the vulnerability. People are going to um, hate me when they hear they're this. They're not going to hate you. <laughs> no, because you're you're being vulnerable about real stuff. The guilt, the people pleasing, the yeah. you know PTSD from past hiring decisions like these are all real things. Um, and so don't apologize. Like this is, this is, I think some people feel these things as well who might be listening or watching. So Sarah, talk to me about like your life and growing up that, um, you know, is leading you to have some of these concerns and anxieties around the decisions that you make in the, in the future.
0: So for very simple context, um, many of you who know me probably know this. I put my dad in prison when I was 15, um, and I've been on my own since I was 17. So for me, like, there is no one else. Like, I can't – I've never been able to be like, oh, my God, I need $20 for gas. Like, I'm going to go call my mom, right? And so there's a lot of me underlying. And alongside of that, my mother stole my credit several times growing up. Like, when I was (laughs) – When I turned 18, I found out I had 60K racked up in debt that she racked up in credit cards. So I had that. Um, They rented a car in my name when I was a baby. I didn't get that off my credit just until I was 25, okay? And I literally turned 30 last week. So there's a lot of me that I have had to work through very deeply rooted financial trauma um, alongside of, like, all the other trauma in my life, right? Like, abuse and all that crap. Um, Emotion, abandonment. And so I am in the first time in my life where I can say, like, every dollar is mine. I can do whatever I want with it. I can invest in stocks. I love the stock market. Like, I like secure stocks. Let's be clear here, OK? Like, I invest in, like, garbage companies. Like, I love secure stocks. Um. I also, like, love betting on boxing matches and, like, you know, like, doing things. And it's like, wow, like, it's my money. I don't have to fix my problems anymore which literally took me years. Like when I moved to Austin, I moved here at 18 to teach STEM. I did AmeriCorps. My credit, my credit score was 400 when I moved to Austin. And I've done so much work that I'm I'm like afraid to take financial risks, right? So when we think about pivoting and we're like, yeah, I'm gonna rip the bandaid and blow it all up and be this full-time creator. It's like, well, how am I gonna pay rent? Like, and I have like money, okay? Like I have worked very hard. like. I can pay my rent, okay, but in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, like inflation and this and that. Like, what if this happens? And like, I can't, you know, there's this deep rooted of like where in my therapist has talked about this, that it's the same level of trauma as a child who experiences homelessness and hunger that I experience of like, where is my next dollar going to come from? And it's insane. Like I do about 53K a quarter right now, like easy With my eyes closed, but it's like, how am I going to pay my groceries next week? I don't know (laughs) know? (laughs) because I still I and this is a really good habit that I've had. I don't pay myself still to this day. I do not pay myself more than my nonprofit salary six years ago. I pay myself three K a month. It pays my rent, my car, my I'm, I'm good and I'm solid and I don't spend extra money. So this like fear that like I can't pivot because I'm like broke is insane to me. But it's literally the one thing in therapy I've never been able to get over, 100%. So that's, like, a big thing that I... I don't even, like, talk about it in my content. I've shared about it a little bit, but, like, I think that's a big reason, too, why my mission is to make business education affordable and accessible. Because, one, like, I went to college because I thought that was, like, the only place I was going to get value, like, I was going to be valued at. As a millennial, we all know that. You have to go to college. Never used my degree once, right? But I worked really hard and I graduated with two degrees only owing 12K. Like I worked my butt off. Right. And then, you know, but I know that I am very fortunate, right? Like I had the ability to Google and find resources. But people that want to make this pivot and come into freelancing and be their own boss don't have that kind of flexibility. There's no grants to go take a coaching program. Like, unless like, you know, with you, you give a scholarship you give a scholarship here or there, but like you can't like apply to take somebody, you know, like right. to have scholarships and grants. And so for me, like I had this one workshop I was charging $47 a month for or $47 for for the workshop. And people were like, you have to triple this price. You have like this workshop is literally worth like thousands. And I'm like, but if it helps someone make $1,000, I don't care that I made 50 on it because they didn't have access to this information. And like even a Summit last week, I sat in the volunteer room and taught that workshop. To a room of twenty volunteers, just did it because we we're just talking about it, and like it doesn't hurt me, you know. Like it's just information, and that's for me giving back in that way. I think also releases that financial burden in my mind that I'm I'm helping someone who might be afraid to spend the money that they don't have, right? Um, so yeah, that's
1: well, <laughs> that's first of all... the
0: background. <laughs>
1: First of all, thank you so much for having the vulnerability to share that. I know that's I know that's not, not easy. Um I I do want to say one, I could stop one thing. laughing
0: about it cuz I make No, a joke no, I out mean it's, it's okay. Hey. hey.
1: <laughs> no, it's like uh, I think if laughter is the is the best method for you yeah. to to, you know, cope with it or yeah. get over it and, you know, deal with all that, um that's totally valid, you know. Um I just want to say something knowing that that's the context of mm-hmm this conversation um, is that it's not necessarily your job or responsibility to fix everyone's problems and everyone's business. And yes, the methodologies and the and the approaches that you have are amazing and all that stuff too. Um, but it's not fair to yourself to shoulder that entire burden. Like wanting to serve as many people as possible is an amazing mission, but I would just say and caution you that you can have an amazing impact in this world without guilting yourself that you're not impacting more people and and you shouldn't let that responsibility that you have cause you to make decisions that are unsound for your business and or mental state that's just like I just wanted to say that and I was just was feeling it and I don't know how you receive that but like I I can sense that that that's like a, a really challenging balance for you
0: well and I think that goes back to us talking about getting rid of clients right because I have I have finally started to listen to that like literally that's been in my gut in my chakras right that of what you just said and um and I've had to learn the hard way like people I can't fix everyone which is fine right like I'm not in the business of fixing people I'm not Olivia Pope but I also I need to recognize that people need to also hold themselves accountable if I am holding them accountable if they can't they're not the they're not the audience for me and and so that is why I've started to let people go because I'm like I can tell I can tell you're not holding your own self accountable like you know and that's those are the hard rules that I've put on myself for the next, you know, moving forward year, whatever, however long I'm doing this. Um, is like you have to like want success for yourself. And like outsourcing to one person is not the answer to do that. They're not gonna they're not gonna fix everything for you. Um so yeah, I trust me, I I've been sitting on it for a
1: while. <laughs> Fast forward into the future, five years. Um, what does the ideal business setup for Sarah look like? What does the team look like? Where, where, where? This this image in your mind of like what you where you want to be, paint that picture for me, and then let's then let's reverse engineer it. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit and their creator network. If you're struggling to find time to grow your email list, I've got some super exciting news to share that'll level up your newsletter. ConvertKit just launched the creator network so creators like us can partner with each other to grow our newsletter subscribers. Imagine recommending awesome creators to your new subscribers and in return, having them recommend you to their engaged audience. It's a game changing win-win scenario. What makes the creator network so special? Well, it simplifies list growth for busy creators. In less than 10 minutes, you'll be able to join, find similar creator newsletters, and begin swapping recommendations. You'll be amazed by how your email subscribers grow on autopilot. I joined not too long ago, and I've gained almost 1,000 additional subscribers without doing anything. (laughs) Pretty dope, right? So you can join the Creator Network today by clicking the link below or visiting creatornetwork.com. That's creatornetwork.com.
0: Well, I've never told anybody, um, but I want to build an app. I want to build a productivity tool. So and specifically for solopreneurs, because I feel like all these tools like love notion, obviously, don't come for me in the comments. Um, But, you know, I have tools every week that are like, hey, can you beta test this? Can you we want you to try our software, yada, yada, right? Most of them are brand deals. Most of the tools are trash. Um, And it's not to say that people aren't trying, but like, why would you come to me and tell me flat out, oh, we're not prioritizing an API. So you want me to like manually enter my leads into your tool? No, like I'm not doing that. Um, And all of a lot of these tools are all team based. No one is really building a tool for freelancers. And so in a dream world in five years, if I can afford an engineer or developer or whatever, I would love to merge my worlds where, I, God, this is all IP, okay? No one steal this idea because yeah. I've never <laughs> talked about it publicly. I will literally come find you. Um, <laughs> but all of the stuff that I teach in my content subscription, because you know that I have that I drip content weekly and it's going smashingly well, is that I want to mirror that with a productivity tool. So So it like auto tracks your time for how long you're onboarding clients, how many times you're manually creating a proposal. And it literally pushes you to automate things. It pushes you to templatize things and it pushes you to actually review your projects and improve from there. Um, And so it's basically like an operations brain built in to this tool to like kind of like, you know, like Ash Jeeves or like the little paperclip in Microsoft Mm -hmm. Office. Like I want it to be like that um, and specifically help freelancers with their professional development while they are doing the projects and vice versa. Um, and so in a dream world, that's where I'm going to be. But also I hope that my novel is done by then because personally I've been writing a novel for four years and I want to turn it into a TV show. And so that is, I need to have it done (laughs) Mm. five years. So personally, like that's where I'm at is I want to have my content subscription. I'd love to have my app and I don't I don't really want to be doing one on one work, but I don't hate it. I think that's like the other thing that people get wrong about me is I love doing one on one work and I also love creating. And I think that you can do part time both and be successful because I've made it happen. You know, it's just a matter of of finding the balance of what is more important when and then when the other thing is more important, how do you still fulfill that bucket without burning out, you know?
1: so the um practical Justin would say <laughs> okay in f- if if in five years your your product is the is the one of the primary engines of the business <laughs> um then practical Justin would say, well, maybe the next three and a half years should be set, spent on aud- uh, audience growth yeah where uh, you are just going full court press on productivity content and writing and becoming the thought leader, speaking, doing all the things, getting a hundred K newsletter um, so that when you release the app, it's not to crickets. Um, yep. So well, and that's my
0: struggle, with the time versus money. Right. Because it's like I have great I'm not saying that's honor. right or wrong, by the way. No, I'm no, not saying that's right but or I'm, wrong. I'm just saying like, like in a dream world. Yeah, I would love thread.
1: that.
0: Yeah, I would love that because my god my newsletter literally converts at like 63 percent like I don't publish it publicly like you know like I've got all these paid members that are finding me out of the woodwork I just and that's too why I want to develop these playbooks which is like a lower ticket DIY option of. and when I say lower ticket I'm still talking like two grand like not like a little $30 product um is I want to I want to make at least three clients worth a month in this. So I can only have two clients on one on one at a time. That's my goal in the next six months is to be down to only two one on one clients and the rest be this DIY option. And what I'm thinking is just doing like an upsell for like an audit like consulting call kind of like what you do. Um, And then so they do the DIY option. They can upsell and book me to like audit everything. And that's all I'm doing on a one on one basis so and then just creating content actually publicly (laughs) so I only have it behind my paywall right now
1: (laughs) would you be sad if you like how would you feel emotionally if you stopped working with people one-on-one
0: I have two specific clients right now that I really want to be with long-term but I also know that I'm setting them up to not need me long-term and to eventually hire out and I think I'm totally fine with that as I feel fulfillment and not disappointment or sadness when people get what they actually asked for from me right like if i delivered what i need if you don't want to move forward with me like that's cool because i did what i agreed to and and we're rocking and rolling um i would feel sad if i hit and i don't think i'm on this path right now but when i owned my design agency before i very clearly hit a burnout phase because again I made an offer that got really popular and I had a new client every 10 days for over a year. It was wild. Um, And so I know what that feels like. And having to forcibly shut your business down from burnout made me sad. It like killed me. Um, And so I'm trying to do everything I can now to not reach that. And so whether I get acquired, I sell my company or I exit because I want to do something else. I think the stuff that I've done so far already, I'll feel great about it um but i still what would make me sad is removing all elements of serving creators and freelancers you know i have to have something regardless of what it looks like i just have to do something right um so yeah i don't ever see myself like moving into the woods and never talking to people again you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i got you um but yeah so i
1: got you i don't know i think i think you know, the it's something that I've been consciously thinking about, too, even for my own business is like, you know, as I've been experimenting with the live cohort of my program and an a, a uh, on-demand version of the program, um, one thing that I just want to touch upon, which I think is a really challenging mental transition, I think, for creators, teachers, coaches, et cetera, who are educating people around stuff is that when you are doing one-on-one and you're doing coaching and things like that, there's like a much higher expectation for uh, taking someone from point A to point B. Like there is some sort of tangible transformation or output or outcome from that engagement, right? And one of the hurdles that I had to come over mentally when I started working with more and more creators because like in the beginning I was always like, I want to get people brand deals. Like I want to get them yeah. <laughs> more, you know, make more money, like literally getting like deals where right. it's like direct ROI. They invest, right. you know, a couple grand with me. And then it's like, they're making 10, you know, K, you know, like a hundred K like all, it's like this amazing ROI. Right. Cause like, that's the dream. Right. But when I started double clicking on the surveys that people started doing after participating in my primary offer, I was so taken with people, a lot of, all these, this big cohort of people who would say, even though I didn't get a brand deal, this was still so worth it for me. Like, I feel so much more equipped to handle and so much more prepared. And I took this course knowing what's going to come in my business. And I'm saying this to you now because I think that this is an important thing for you to hear as you transition from these one-on-one clients is that there's probably going to be a lot of people where even though you have this service mindset and you're such a giver and you want people to have these, these outcomes, you're going to start probably onboarding a lot of clients who They may not see these like giant tangible changes, quote unquote, in their business tooling and operations and all this stuff, but they just feel so much more equipped um, and prepared to handle what's what's going to come for them down the line. And so um, I think that unless you you make peace with that, it's going to be really difficult for you to scale the business in the way that you want without burning out because it's like if you have this like i'm this i feel like i'm the same way as you i'm just I've, i think i'm a little bit better at like compartmentalizing that part of my brain because i know i can't do well, it all i get so i if you saw my dms and you saw my emails it's just like i've you know thirty two thousand 000 creator every email i send out i literally getting hundreds of replies so it's like i do endeavor to try to like build the team and all this stuff to like really try to engage with as many people as possible but it's impossible it really is impossible yeah. and so um, it is yeah it, yeah and so it's like I think that that this is I feel like a major th- thing for you is to like realize like okay even though I'm a giver if I want to have the higher level impact that I want to it's probably going m- to mean up. making peace with um not getting these like crazy yeah. like transformations with for everyone
0: Totally. And that's, I think, you know, a big reason to why I'm developing more of this like DIY. I'm calling them playbooks. I don't even know if that's right, but that's what we're working with right now. Um, because a lot of people who have hired me, like I, I'm a data girly, right? Like I, I look at trends I, and that's honestly why I transitioned back into operations. Because I kept getting design clients who were like, a logo is going to make me money. And I'm like, no, honey, it's not like and I'm sitting here, like setting people's pricing, helping them figure out manufacturing like that's not design and branding. And so I kept continually getting those clients. And it's like, oh, like people are coming to me for this, like even though they're not realizing, like, that's a trend I need to follow and shift. Right. And I've been in this place right now where it's like a, now I'm getting clients who and I have for a while. Um, Where the FOMO of being on Notion is real. Everybody wants to be on Notion, which is fine. But then I'm doing all this work and I'm building all this stuff out. I literally had a client today who I'm letting go that literally was like, yeah, I'm just not even going to use anything you built. And it's like, what am I spending my time on? Like, why? Why am I doing this if you're not even going to take the time to like learn and use what you've asked me for, right? And so that's a big reason too why I want to shift into offering a DIY thing, because then there's this there's this release of me. How do I say it? I can still serve in that way, and I know that I can. But I also carry a lot of guilt when people do not hold themselves accountable, when it's like, could I have done more like this client today? Right. It's like, could I have done more to have them use their notion account that they wanted they paid me for? And the answer is no like if they realized it wasn't for them that has nothing to do with me and i think removing that one on one relationship and putting it the responsibility on them to say hey like you want this you build it follow my follow my entire guide and videos and all of that and use my templates call it a day and if it works it works and if not cool right um and that that's something that i struggle with more is the Sarah. Sorry to cut
1: you off. Why are you? Why do you have an agency? Why do you not just if some one of your clients said, "Hey, will you be our director of operations, be our COO, Just go shut it all down. Be work at a company internally. Like why are you? Why? Why not that path?
0: I have been asked that several times from clients actually, but they don't want to pay me more than what I charge right now, and I would want more than what I charge. So why not find a a role that pays you what you want? Because honestly, I think, too, like on top of it, the people that are paying that, I don't I wouldn't want to go to an agency like I like if I'm going to go full time, it would be with like a large creator or like like even like Vid Summit. Like I'm in talks to join their team now, which is dope. Like I would love to run events like I think I would do operations for events really well because I've done them for 10 years. Um, And I think like working seasonally is what works best for me because I also know that I've never had a client who it's very rare that I'm like I would give everything to like yeah I would drop and go full time for them Um, because you go through these phases right and I think that people hold on to their business and they want to do what they want to do and that's totally fine. Um, And so I've never found a company or a client that I'm like, yeah, like I would give everything to them. I would explore Mm -hmm. it. If you need someone interim for like six months or a year, cool. Um, But I also too, like, you know, I've been doing part-time creator stuff for 10 years now. You know, I, I literally got started. I was the first person to make content about AmeriCorps. That's how I became a creator. 18, moved cross country, filmed a YouTube video. And here we are today. Um, and so I feel like there's so many opportunities that it's like, why go back to a real job when I can literally like I've proven that I can create the job that I want. Um, I think now, though, I'm finally getting clients that are who I want to be working with. And not to say I haven't worked with people I don't want to work with, but I think that I'm finally like hitting that level as a freelancer where people look at me as a leader and not just doing what they're asking me to do i don't know how to explain it but like there's just this level in freelancing where it's like here are the five things i need from you here are the five deliverables that's what i'm paying for i don't want your opinion i don't want your thoughts just do it and now people are coming to me being like you make the decisions i'm paying you just get Mm -hmm. it done Mm -hmm. and so there's like this like ego fill that i'm getting and i'm like yeah like i know i can make your business better because you trust me to just do it Mm. um and i don't want to really let that go Um, But I also know that I have built my entire business and we've talked a little bit about this, but like I've built my entire business on pivoting, literally pivoting. I've never set a goal in my life. I've never sat and been like, yeah, I'm going to make 100 grand this year or I want to work with this or even like brand deals like the brand deals I've gotten have literally just landed in my lap. Like I've never asked somebody for a partnership. I've never reached out to me. I don't even know how to do that, Justin, like straight up. I've never set a goal for my business and i'm gonna make almost 500k this year and it's wild because i'm not like going like yeah i want to do this i want to do that thank you yeah. <laughs> um like and you know and i work really hard for it but i think i'm in a season turning 30 last week opened a lot of eyes for me a lot of doors but Happy i'm like birthday. i want it thank you how come you never uh, told
1: me what the heck dang okay I didn't oh know i thought
0: birthday. i did yeah i was no, like turning 30 at vid summit oh dang <laughs> oh dang i missed that post yeah cool no you're good happy birthday um but that's like i think i'm in a new decade where it's like my 20s were for were for exploring i've set a really good foundation and now how can i kind of tone it back so i can do the personal creative stuff that like i don't want to post about that i want to like just do and have fun and let everything else like just run itself Mm -hmm. um So yeah, like literally like my novel, I tell everybody, I'm like, yeah, I've been writing a novel for a while. And they're like, this is the dopest thing in the world. Like I had no idea. And I'm like, guys, I'll have fucking time for it.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) so if I, so a couple things, like number one, the reason I'm asking you about all these seemingly out of left field questions about like, why aren't you going full time? Or why aren't you doing this? Or why are you doing this? It's just like, I feel like so often we get, we get blinders on of like, would just get so fixated on this next thing, the next pivot or the next offer or the next business idea. Um, and very rarely, at least I've found, was there ever anyone in my life who basically came to me and said, what if you blew it all up? What if you didn't do this thing that everyone says that you think you're supposed to do or that you think you're supposed to do what if you took a completely orthogonal approach to this uh or opposite direction you just shut this thing down and go work on something else it's like it's giving me those vibes with respect to this the nostalgia and the love that you had from your come up which is notion and everyone you know you cutting your teeth on all that um but it's like what would that mean to really really truly actually close the chat like what would it mean to go to them and be like hey take me off your website I'm not doing this anymore. Like, don't, don't come to me for that. Taking out out of my bio and my headline and like, you know, if that's, I'm not saying you should do that, but I'm just saying like, what would that like stretch your imagination there, um, to, to really close the chapter. I think it's just like useful to like talk about that. Number one. Um, secondly, seems very clear to me that a major block for you, probably something to, to think and, and, meditate around is now that you have parted ways with some of your clients who, you know, aren't, are bringing you a lot of joy. Um, you know, Marie Kondo style, just like, get out of here, you know, this type of thing. This client kidding. does not spark joy. Um, yeah. you know, um, yeah. now it's like, okay, maybe I do have some time now to sit down, yeah. make some SOPs for how we, you know properly interface with clients and do all this you know you know how to do it it's just like how do you give yourself the permission to like make that higher understand yep. that like if i made 500k this year let's just assume i'm going to make 500k this year or a margin of error i can afford a a person who is you know yeah not a you know intern or not a you know not someone i'm paying you know super cheap salary is like, I'm going to invest in someone. Um, maybe it's part time, whatever, just, just it, I get it. The anxiety around like, what if, yeah, this year was great, but what's next year going to look like? It's like, it's hard as a freelancer, as a creator to, to make that call and make that investment. But I think that's the next move for you. How are you? Okay. So it's all great. And well, I'm pumping you up on this call. I can sense you're feeling (laughs) confident. Like this is really good. Let's, let's fast forward to 12, 24 hours from now. You're looking at yourself in the mirror I'm not here hyping you up. What is, the th- what is the thing that Sarah needs to tell herself to let, your, let you know that it's all going to be okay for you to continue to march down with this, everything we've talked about today, all the things you know you should do, mm-hmm. you know, instead of convincing yourself that, okay, wait, wait is this a good idea? Should I really yeah. do, do this? What, what, is the, what is the thing? What's the hype track that you need to be listening to in your headphones to, to pull you through the messy middle? To get on the other end where you're you're doing the the uh yeah, you uh, know iron man triathlon swimming through the water
0: I don't know um because I'm really I'll be honest with you I'm trying to remove the word try from my vocabulary that's a personal goal that I set this year um again we'll see how they go because I've never set goals before um but like really just saying like okay like I'm going to accomplish this one little thing so right now i'm building up i do 12 days of giveaways every year for christmas i don't do black friday i think black friday is very anxiety and stress and i don't want it and i don't like it so i do 12 days of giveaways and that literally like has done so well for me the last three years that like i make a good chunk of money i beta test new offers and so for me between now and then like every day it's like okay like one little step to get there so 12 days is the best it can be because I think the stuff that I'm launching this year, like secretly in there, will solidify if I can do this full time. Um
1: mm.
0: or at least like, you know, increase the the passive creator stuff like ten to fifteen percent. That's kind of my goal, which would be sixty percent creator income, forty percent, you know, um, agency stuff, right? Yeah. And like one on one stuff. So that's Every day, I don't know. I think I am still in a reactionary period for the next like 2 weeks cuz I just took 10 days off, which was the worst idea I could have done, but I needed it and it's fine. Um, but one it's just like, okay, just got to get these things done and then I can start like doing the hype stuff and um and like seeing seeing longer than like a month at a time, which is where I'm at right now. So.
1: I'm excited for you, Sarah. I think there's so many promising things on the horizon for you. I think um <clears throat> As with, I mean, honestly, I think as with like a lot of creators, so much of the things that hold us back are between our ears. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, we're holding on to challenges that, that even for me, like, you know, my agency feeling that was, has been a big block for me in terms of growing the team for creator wizard because of everything I yeah. went through and uh, during COVID and having to lay everyone off and all that stuff. It was just like, it was very raw and fresh for me in terms of that. And so it's like, it's, it's tough to like, like you said, wipe the slate clean and like feel confident that everything is going to be hunky-dory moving forward. It seems like it's going well, but everything – what if there's another black swan event? What if there's another, you know, thing that we can't predict? And it's just like in the in the world of the of being a freelancer, solopreneur, creator, it's like that question will always – like if there's one thing I can – like you know, but like my wife and I have been on the internet for 15 years, like our, yeah. our income sources – have changed so wildly over the last 15 Go. years that just like assume <laughs> that things yeah. are going like there is going to be something there is going to be something right. that comes up that throws you through a loop you're going to adapt and pivot like you always do and even if you have employees you're going to make it you're going to figure it out because you are that type of person um and like it's hard knowing that but like that's the hype track i hope you hear when you know because it's like you're capable so can't wait to see what uh what comes next for you sarah
0: Thanks. Appreciate you as always. Yeah.
1: Yes.